This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Hello, I'm Katherine Klein. I'm the Vice Dean for Social Impact at Wharton, and I'm delighted to be here today with Francis Guattari. Francis is the Chief Executive Officer of the Rwanda Development Board and a Cabinet Member in the Government of Rwanda. Uh, he served previously as Principal Private Secretary to the President of the Republic of Rwanda, and also as the Chief Economist and Deputy Head of Policy and Strategy in the Office of the President of Rwanda. So, Francis, thank Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. So uh, we want to talk today uh, about business in Rwanda and development of business in Rwanda. Uh, a common phrase we hear uh, in the United States and around the world is Africa is open for business. Certainly Rwanda is open for business. Before we get into talking about business and the private sector in Rwanda, I think it may be helpful for our listeners and viewers to hear more about Rwanda itself. Um, as, as I know you know, when we say Rwanda and people think of Rwanda, uh, unfortunately, what comes to mind for many is the tragic history of the genocide in 1994, and they may know little else about Rwanda. So what, would, what should people know about Rwanda today? Thank you very much, Catherine. I think people need to know Rwanda as a new Rwanda. In fact, uh, when we talk about Rwanda now, uh, it's almost as if Rwanda had a new beginning mm -hmm. starting in 1994. And since then, we have had, let's say, a rebirth of a nation. Uh, because what many people around the world uh, will always remember is that in 1994, uh, our country, Rwanda, had a terrible genocide, a million people killed, um, three million people displaced um, internally, others uh, outside as refugees, infrastructure destroyed. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a failed nation without governance or any economy to talk of. Since then, uh, we have a new country, uh, thanks to the leadership that was able to uh, recover the country, the country and restore its economy and restore the confidence of the people and return the refugees and put back uh, safety and security of property and people. Now we have an economy that is fully functional, that has more than uh, four times uh, grown uh, what it was uh, mm -hmm. then. And in fact, a country that we believe is beginning to show uh, science, very strong science of, uh, of takeoff into, uh, I would say, a, a different stage of development. So uh, the idea of Rwanda being open for business is mm -hmm. not just an idea, it's a reality. Yeah. And this is as a result of both, you know, public sector and private sector. Right, right. And, and Rwanda is actually one of the fastest growing economies in the world, not only in Africa, but in the world. That's, that's correct. In fact, over the last 15 years, uh, Rwanda had featured among the fastest growing economies. Uh, in the last 10 years mm -hmm. alone, uh, we have had economy registering on average 8% uh, growth of GDP. And uh, we have seen that translate into the per capita income of our uh, citizens more than 400%. Uh, 
Uh, in fact, uh, we just had uh, new statistics coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, for the last three years alone, uh, we have had more than 600,000 people lifted out of poverty as a result of some of this economic growth that we are seeing. Yeah, huge success story. So you are the chief executive officer of the Rwanda Development Board, so the RDB. What, tell us what the RDB is. What is the mission of the RDB? So the RDB, or the Rwanda Development Board, has a very simple and straightforward mission. It was created as a result of a recognition that our continued economic growth uh, requires big uh, involvement of the private sector. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, requirement uh, then for private sector investment was how best can we facilitate private sector investment. And RDB was created as... Uh, this one-stop center mm -hmm. uh, that would then act as the single stop for every private individual or company that wants to do business in the country with three uh, objectives. One, to service the entire life cycle of a business, so from registration, licensing, mm -hmm. facilitating the acquisition of utilities and whatever is required to start a business, that it would all be done in one office. The second thing then would be uh, to engage into the kind of reforms that are required to develop competitiveness in the economy mm -hmm. by looking around the world for the best practices, how best could we turn Rwanda into a competitive environment mm -hmm. uh, to do business. And, uh, and then the third one was then to facilitate these businesses into contributing uh, to continued growth in terms of exports, in terms of uh, attracting more investments into the country and participating in the overall economic life of, of the country. And that's what uh, we do on a daily basis at RTB. Uh -huh. yes. And, and um, I know that, that Rwanda has risen very rapidly up the ease of doing business index. Uh, and that's partly because it's so easy to open a business uh, and register a business in Rwanda, correct? It, it, is, it is correct, but more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, you see, about 2008, uh, it came to uh, our attention that there are a number of international best practices mm -hmm. in facilitating businesses. And we particularly picked the World Bank Doing Business Report yes. uh, that caught our attention at that time. Uh, Rwanda was featuring about 145th uh, place out of about 890 countries that are usually surveyed. And we took it upon ourselves to have every year a reform agenda that would improve measuring ourselves against the best practices mm -hmm. uh, to aim at getting among the top 10. I'm very happy to uh, inform you, Catherine, that since then, 2008, Rwanda has improved across the board from 145th to about 42nd, as we are talking about today. So, so tremendous improvement. But beyond that, the reform agenda also captures many other issues that businesses are interested in that help them uh, become competitive and run profitable businesses. Some are captured by the World Economic Forum report. Some are captured by the Global Profitability Indices. Mm -hmm. Some are captured by Gallup polls. Uh, some are captured by international governance uh, indices, all of which add up together to form a very competitive business environment that we think today is uh, among uh, the best that people, uh, particularly business people, uh, should look at more favorably. 
And I, I love this description that you've you've given us because it's so it's so typical of what I've observed in Rwanda of having uh, very specific goals, very clear metrics. Uh, you know, a big vision and accomplishments to those. And, and you know, the, the ease of doing business index is just one example of that approach. It, it is. But also that whole culture of having targets and working towards them is one that permeates across the entire uh, society of our country. In fact, in the public sector and government uh, in particular, we have a process that we call imihigo, imihigo, which loosely translates into being performance contracts, where every institution of government, management of the institutions, staff, and, and, and everyone must have a performance contract that first articulates mm -hmm. what they aim to achieve, the resources that are required to achieve that, and accountability associated with achieving that. That is what is helping us to achieve many of our targets that we set ourselves to. Right. Yeah. Anyway, as you know, we I often bring Wharton students, MBA students, to Rwanda, yes. and you know they're they're astonished by by Imahigo and and what this says about the the it's, country's it's a culture. Very, it's, a, it's a very important uh, principle because even when people don't achieve the targets they have set themselves at, the process that people go through aiming at achieving their targets, however ambitious right. they may be, is very important and eventually also results into a culture that is results oriented. Right. Yeah. Right. I have to say that I'm not only the vice dean for social impact uh, at Wharton, I'm a professor and I'm an organizational psychologist. And we know from abundant research that goal setting is hugely uh, effective in motivating people and improving performance. And, and Rwanda does it remarkably well. Um, I want to shift the conversation a little bit to your role in attracting f foreign business, foreign investors to Rwanda and explore with you what are your goals in that area and, and barriers and opportunities you are experiencing as you try to bring in, as I said, foreign business and investors to Rwanda? Two goals uh, we have, since we were talking about goals earlier. One is to increase the, the, the component of our GDP that is private sector mm -hmm. investments. Every year, we want to make sure that as the economy grows, the role of the private sector is not only growing, mm -hmm. but it's also significantly growing enough uh, to take on a larger share of, of our economy. As mm -hmm. you know, uh, when you're starting uh, at a lower base in development, you have to have a lot of investments by the pri public sector sure. in infrastructure, in education, in health, and others. But with time, we realize that it's very important that the private sector continues to take mm -hmm. on increasingly more role. So that's one. The second one is we realize the limitations of mobilizing domestic capital and also aim to increase the foreign direct investment in the economy so that it can have that, that push uh, for takeoff as we aim to transform our economy. And so currently uh, we aim to reach over 10 percent of uh, uh, our GDP as foreign direct investment by the year 2020. Mm -hmm. We aim to achieve over 30 percent of uh, uh, private sector uh, investments into the economy by 2020. And those are uh, 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 targets that, that, that inform what I do on every day. With that, mm -hmm. uh, then we translate into how much we want to raise uh, on an annual basis. And we have got a target of uh, growing private investment by a factor of 20% on an annual basis to reach the kind of targets yeah. uh, we have. Yeah. 
we have set for so ourselves. So uh, ambitious goals, and 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 can you describe um, you know the successful elements, the things that are attracting investment, and and where you're finding barriers? So. In what areas are you succeeding? How are you succeeding in attracting investment? And what are the barriers you find in attracting investment in Rwanda in the private sector? What, what I am finding is that our biggest success actually mm-hmm. comes as a silver lining around uh, our challenges. For example, uh, Rwanda is 12 million people. Uh, but within a larger environment uh, mm-hmm. of uh, East African community of of 145 million people. And so what previously had been seen as a small economy has now become a large economy that is attracting businesses Mm -hmm. into Rwanda as a way to also uh, operate into the wider East African community. So the market size, Mm -hmm. and especially... So it's more than just Rwanda. It's Rwanda as an entry point into the East African community. Into the East African community. So Mm -hmm. five countries, in fact... More than, uh, more than that into the uh, uh, common market mm-hmm. of Eastern and Southern Africa with more than 400 million people that we are also part of. And so by making Rwanda a core advocate of regional integration and also being seen to actually participate actively in that, we have expanded the market reach for any business that comes into Rwanda. And that's building on what would have been initially seen as, as a challenge of our economy. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, as we are building our economy, the core infrastructure that is required for businesses to succeed, like energy, transport infrastructure, education, skills mm-hmm. training, and all those things that are critical for uh, businesses to succeed, have become the core business sectors that we have seen businesses participate in by opening private universities, private mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. going into training, uh, private companies going into infrastructure construction, uh, into energy generation. And so translating what previously could have been seen as disadvantages into business opportunities that are also championing growth. Right. And on top of that... So interesting, right? You're describing yes. a, a virtuous cycle of yes. businesses investing to create businesses that grow, that allow other businesses to grow. Ab- absolutely. Right. And that's how we see building competitiveness in the sense of one providing the kind of infrastructure that is important for businesses to build on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on that platform, the businesses begin uh, to access the markets and, and become profitability. So as a result of these initial investments, you're seeing other sectors uh, emerging in the financial services sector, for example, mm-hmm. uh, because of this wider market that are looking for a hub, an area where they can consolidate themselves and service the wider region. Tourism. Uh, Mm -hmm. because of the peace and security dividends you have seen uh, in our country and the region as a whole. Tourism continues to be the fastest growing sector in in our economy. In fact, uh, this last year alone, uh, more than $305 million uh, as a result of tourism, uh, 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 making it the largest export, actually, uh, for for our country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so you're, you're, you're seeing both the foundational infrastructure for businesses turning into business opportunities that are making it attractive for uh, investors, and on top of that, having all these what we call the growth sectors of our economy also uh, growing quite significantly. So this sounds very, very successful. Do you find that there are, that for some business leaders, for some investors, 
there's an issue of mindset, that they think more of Rwanda as a place maybe to visit or a place to help, but not a, a place to come and do business. Are there? Do you, do you have to change people's mindset about Rwanda? The, the, there is a perception issue overall mm. about the African economies, mm -hmm. about risk. And a lot of what we see is risk as a perception rather than risk as real risk of doing business. Mm -hmm. And so there's an enormous amount of work that we put into uh, demonstrating that Rwanda is a place that you can do business and that you can realize your business growth aspirations. But we also realize that there are many uh, people that see not just Rwanda but Africa as a place to help. Especially mm -hmm. this is true with many uh, successful uh, business people who are high net worth, have uh, achieved certain success in life and want to give back to society, often are attracted by the desire to contribute. And what we are saying to them is that this is very good because philanthropy is good and this desire mm -hmm. to help mm -hmm. others and lift lives is very important, but that we can actually do it using kind of hybrid business models right. that you can help while you are creating employment mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and, and as a result contribute to the sustainable growth of, uh, of the economy. Right. Sounds yes. like you're talking about impact investing and other strategies to grow business as a, as a means of social impact. I, I guess that's what you call it, uh, yes. uh, 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 Professor Klein, because uh, uh, as a way of investing into, into lives, into initiatives that will create impact in people's lives, uh, while at the same time getting back the returns on the investments on commercial basis uh, is, is very, very good win-win uh, situation for everyone. Absolutely. Yes. So, Francis, a, a final question for you. As, we, as you reflect on, on Rwanda's 21 years since the genocide, what are you most proud of, whether you as an individual, you as a head of RDB, or just you, know, or you as you think about the country? What do you tell us what, what you're proud of? The unity of purpose of the Rwandan people. Mm -hmm. Because you see, it's not every society that has suffered a genocide. Uh, it's a devastating, destructive experience that shatters uh, society from its core. To see a people come back together and have a common identity as Rwandans and begin to aspire for self-improvement as individuals, to cater for their families, and begin to invest in long term, and by so doing, collectively contribute to the rebirth of the nation that we are seeing as Rwanda. I'm extremely proud of that. And it's the single thing that I, that I believe uh, is really happening and changing the story of Rwanda today. Great. Thank you so, so much for being with us. And, you know, I have to say personally, as somebody who's visited Rwanda many times, I've, I've seen that spirit and that unity of purpose. And it is very, very impressive and very inspiring. So I'm so glad you could be with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.